What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Hooper's Hustle. I am Trey Malden. Brandon Halal. And we're going to walk you through the everyday life of a Hooper. Before we get started, we'd like to give a shout out to one of our sponsors as this episode is brought to you by Victory Performance Insoles. Victory Performance Insoles are changing the way athletes think about insoles. Replacing your old foam insole with Victory's full-length carbon fiber insole will instantly increase your explosiveness, ground force, and shock absorption. Third-party PhD-led studies show that athletes jump plus 1.6 inches higher on a vertical, run a 60-yard dash point 12 seconds faster, and increase a broad jump by plus 4 inches. Not only that, but hundreds of sports medicine professionals are buying these for the stability, support, and softer landings they provide. Get your pair today at VictoryGear.com. That's V-K-T-R-Y-Gear.com. And use code TRE50 for $50 off your pair. Every order comes with a 30-day risk-free money-back guarantee. And see why over 200 Division I and professional teams are loving Victory at VKTRYgear.com or follow them on social media at Team Victory. Victory. Run faster, jump higher, train smarter. Today we got episode four. Pre-game routines and rituals. So... Everyone knows there's always something that you do before games, before free throws, before, you know, pretty much anything you do, you got a ritual or a routine that you go through because we are creatures of habit as human beings. Hey, so to start off with, I guess we'll go with our own pregame free throwing routines and rituals. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go game situations first. Let's okay. not even get down to the, the details yet. But let's just go game because before games, there's always something that you have to do or want to do, you know, to make you feel right for the games, right? Yeah, just makes you feel comfortable, uh, really get your mind right. So thinking about pregame routines and getting your mind right, um, it's a big concept in sports psychology to get in that zone, right? Like Brand- the optimal level? Yeah, yeah. so like... It's actually the optimal level of arousal. Yeah. It's called your eyes off zone. Okay. And to get in that zone, you have to hit a certain level of arousal. And in each different person, it varies. Like some people can be a really low level and that's when they're best. Or they need to be jumping off the walls. They need to have like a sugar (laughs) rush or something like that. You know, they need to be amped up. So it varies for everybody. But how do you get in that zone? Um, we'll start with you, B. Uh, for me, so I'm more of a chill person, so I I really like to just be to myself and have it be quiet around me. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just think to myself. Um, I think a lot of people do this where they kind of just think about what they're about to do or what they want to do, uh, especially with their sports when it comes to a game. Like they kind of visualize, um, you know, how how they want things to play out. Obviously, it doesn't always happen like that, but I like to yeah. like visualize how things will play out different situations in the game um and then just think about game plans right like as you move higher in levels you got to think about the game plans and and make sure that uh you're on point with that stuff so for me i really like to be at peace and i like to eat which i probably like to do in any situation (laughs) but uh before games i definitely got to eat be to myself and just relax um music i mean i'm not that big of a music person i did listen to music before games but i wasn't like i didn't have like any special players or anything like whatever was playing it was playing so um that's what i pretty much did okay for you 
Um, me, visualization was a huge thing. Um, I watched my old game kills either from the team that we were playing that night. Um, if I knew I had a good game, the best one I remember from high school was when we were about to play Santiago, or sorry, Centennial when I was at Santiago. And I had 32 the game before. So when we played them the second time around at our house, I watched that game at least three times because I just wanted to visualize myself killing, right? Uh, just lowering my anxieties and getting everything, getting my mind right, ready for that game. So on game days and specifically, I watched a lot of film. I made sure I shot, you know, at least two hours before. If I had a small gym available to me or a gym available, I'd be shooting up till about 10 minutes before. Yeah. And then getting ready for that game. Um, you know, you're, you're not a hooper if you don't have a pregame poop routine. <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't have a pregame poop, I don't know if you can be labeled as Hoover. I think mostly everyone has a pregame bathroom routine in their in their schedule. Is that true or not true? Yeah, that's facts. It's true. So and, I mean, uh, and no, uh, for me, so to to piggyback off yours, like I wouldn't watch film of myself. I would watch mixtapes on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I would try. I would watch like you know crazy stuff where it was like Derrick Rose and those people, like even right at like people like that, like older people. Um, when I was in high school, like watching that kind of stuff, um, like really just got me excited to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the poop routine, bro, I'm telling <laughs> you. So no, shout out to my high school guys because I hey. swear everyone would know. Everyone knows I do this. Walk down to the taco truck, get a burrito, eat that in peace, and then right go to the poop routine, and I'm headed straight down to the small gym. Now we're shooting. Yeah. In, in college, I mean, there was about three, four guys that had mandated poop routines before games and. Man, I mean, it was a thing. So I know it's a thing in other people. That I just don't know if people are too afraid to say it. Yeah, so. no, and it's funny because at, at our high school, like, our, our campus was pretty nice. So we had a nice little locker room. So we had, like, three stalls. And you'd have to, like, race to those, right, before the games <laughs> or else. You was you was getting in, like, maybe 20 minutes before the game. You're like, man, I gotta, I'm got i trying to shoot and warm up. Yeah, you don't want to be a second yeah. guy to the stall. You don't want to be that guy. I'm like, you gotta, you had to beat the, you got to beat him to the spot. So, no, I, I, it's facts. you got to have one. I mean... If you have a legit pregame meal, right? Like, there's no way you can't do it before the game. Like, I know, right? There's no and way. We're laughing about it. I'm semi-serious, but that's also another like team bonding moment. I mean, I know it sounds <laughs> corny, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. So, uh, shout out to all my people that have pregame poop routines. If you do, holla at us in the comments. Yep. Holla at us on IG. Uh, I'm open to hearing about it. <laughs> all right, um, but back into the back into the real stuff. Um, is there anything in particular? So we talked about music. So music, I know like if you're looking to get your arousal level or you feel like you're too stimulated, um, like you're feeling real amped and you just don't want to feel like that. Music is a good way to either lower yourself or up yourself. So like I said, if you're too aroused or stimulated, listen to some classical music or some R and B do a deep breathing routine and now you're lowering that mm-hmm. right away yeah right to try away. to get to the optimal yeah. optimal level and and once you start understanding this stuff and we're going to go over arousal anxiety and stuff like that in another podcast um probably in the deliberate practice pro, uh, podcast and that's when you'll start to be more aware of yourself and learn how to control certain things like this but if you can start understanding where your zone is now where you feel more comfortable uh we'll teach you the tips in terms of how to control it yeah, cause, and it's really important, too, because 
I mean, I think when we were playing, it it was a thing, but it wasn't as big as it is now with like the cognitive side of of uh, playing and performing. So now mm-hmm. with all these studies out and stuff, like it's becoming super important to these athletes to be able to control their um, their anxiety and their you know arousal levels. Yeah, I mean, sports psychology was known to be an elite thing, right? You know, right? Like it was only available to the elite athletes. Well, now people are becoming more educated about it. Like you said, there's more uh, scientific studies that are coming out to show the benefits of the cognitive mind training and stuff like that and yeah now there's a lot of information that's available to the public and young guys like us that are willing to you know get out there and share it with people so we can help our athletes become better yep um now pre-game uh routines in terms of being on the court so when we, we were warming up like did you have a routine that you would go through before every game in terms of shooting and getting ready for that? So because you do different things with team like different teams, right? You have your travel team, you have your high school team, right. you may play with another team and you know, yeah. layups are one thing that you'll always have a foundation in. Layups and shoot getting your reps up. While I'm getting my reps up, um, no matter what it was, because it's really hard to find that constant, okay, I do layups, I do defense, I do this, this, yeah. that. So whatever team you're with, you find your own way to do you. Mine was a lot of positive um, self-talk. Okay. Okay. So I'm talking to myself, next shot's down. You know, uh, if I make one, talking, I had a slogan where I say, yep, or I go bingo. Like I'm always saying something. Yeah, saying something. So I'm always talking to myself in a positive manner. If I feel any negative um, thoughts or anything come up, I stop them immediately and try to rewire my brain to get ready for a positive experience, a positive game. And that was one of the biggest things I did along with my visualization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, For me, I think one thing that uh, I I did all the time, uh, no matter what team was, was play Mm -hmm. one-on-one with my teammates. Um, so like we, like every time we went down to the small gym when I was in high school, we knew like, all right, we warm up with like form shooting or layups or whatever it is. And it's like, all right, Mm -hmm. let's play ones until we start playing. Like we just, just take it like, again, that puts you in a situation where you have defenders. And so obviously it's not anything crazy, but the visualization part of playing one-on-one, right. Just gets your mind ready for the game. And then you're actually like sweating and you like it's actual warm-up right like form shooting you won't it's it's good to do but you won't sweat or anything but Mm -hmm. obviously like the uh, actual warm-up is supposed to get your body going so yeah i think a lot of players don't take the warm-up seriously in their routines Mm -hmm. um and maybe they do but they don't do it to the extent of is my body warm enough to hop on the court and go 100 percent yeah right from the tip yeah no and i think that's an important piece of information too is like a warm-up is almost like a it should be almost a workout yeah um like there's that video that surfaced on ig with uh with the honest doing that in really intense like workout mm-hmm. 30 minutes before this game right and um i think that's important like that's how you actually have to warm up for your games for your body to be ready right it's not yeah. for like your it's for your body to be ready to actually play and perform at the level you want it to yeah and Players always talk about, well, I don't want to be tired before the game. I don't want to be this, this, and that. Well, if you're doing this routinely and you're in great shape, just like you said, like the Greek freak's not worried about that because he's in great shape. He can do that for hours. Yep, yep. So if you make it a routine, it's not going to be hard for you to do. Yeah. You know? And so if you're seeing pros do this, right, playing 48-minute games, working out multiple times throughout the day, I mean, right, you got to catch on at some point. Yeah, if... I mean, their schedule is the most rigorous schedule I've ever seen. So, yes, they can do it. Yes, you want to emulate that. 
Um, but if it's too much for you, reel back a little bit. But there's always a thing like when we do our workouts, when does the warm up stop? Yeah. And the workout begin. Right. And if you can get to that point in games as well, I think you'll be in great shape. Yep, I agree. So we got our mind right with our pregame routine and our arousal um, stuff. And then now we're getting our body right. Uh, after that, we should be ready to go, you know. And if you're not, then now you know you need to focus on one or the other. Yeah. And, uh, and then again, it's important for the guys that necessarily don't start, mm-hmm. right, for your body to be warm. Because if you're just going through warm-ups like, ah, oh, I'm not starting anyways. It's all good. I can go light through warm-ups. Like, and you get on the court and you start running at full speed and stuff like that, that's how injuries happen. So I think it's important for literally the whole team to go through their warm-ups, you know, and really trying to get their body loose to get ready to play, regardless of your playing time. Like yeah. You just got to be ready. I mean, it's funny. Guys don't even... I see guys go on half-ass in warm-ups in terms of layups and stuff. Yeah. Then they try to go 100% in the game, and they're throwing layups off the backboard, and they're yeah. wondering why. It's because of the speed and angles that you're taking in yeah. the warm-ups are not the same as in games. Exactly. They're completely different shots, and you're wondering why you can't make them. And I know one little warm-up session, the six layups you take in warm-ups aren't going to really affect on how well you do that in a game. Right. But your approach to that game is how you're going to go into that game, right? Yeah. So if you were, let's say you were just doing that during the day, now you're doing it during warm-ups, can't expect to just switch on switch just like that and go 100% and feel like you're going to be at your best of your ability yeah and I I really uh, I would encourage like uh, players to find time before the game to do this stuff right Mm -hmm. if you if you don't get it in let's say the 10 minutes that they give you before the game like find time after school like reach out to your coach or the athletic director and say hey can I get into the gym to shoot before my game or do my warm-up or whatever it is right and that will get your body going until you get into warm-ups definitely and do you want to get into actual root in-game routines? Yes, let's do in-game routines. Um, free throw routine first. I mean, that's probably the most obvious one. Yeah, so it may not seem like a big deal, but all eyes are on you at the free throw line. And you don't really necessarily think about it, but it gets to a lot of people. Game's on the line, down by one. You have to make those two free throws. Is, does the pressure come from the crowd? Does it come from you wanting to make the free throws? Yeah. Your fear of failure? Where does it come from, right? Yeah. And I think it's a weird dynamic, too, when I think about it, when um, it's when the, it has to be quiet when you're shooting free throws, right? Like, the refs and officials tell you to, <laughs> to the crowd, like, oh, you can't do that, stuff like that. So, like, is it worse when it's actually quiet? Or is it worse when people are being rowdy? Like, exactly. it's such a weird dynamic. And so... So those routines help quiet that noise. <clears throat> So you getting into your routine is basically like you getting into your own zone. Mm-hmm. So if you do that routine a hundred different times, right? Like that, you've done this before. You've been there before. That's why coaches always ask you to do your routine. There is scientific evidence that show that routines will help your performance. Um, my instructor, Dr. O at Cal State East Bay, um, talked to me about an archery Um, Olympic athlete that she worked with and how she would visualize herself and this is pregame but she would visualize herself shooting against her opponent she took it further than that and watched herself 
shooting against the person that she was going to shoot against in a match. And she always won. Always won? Always won. And then she also talks about Serena Williams. And before she does the serve, she has a routine every single time. So we broke down Serena Williams' um, percentages and when she had her routine right and wrong. And you can see the differences. Um, I also went over this with another professor, Missy Wright, at Cal State East Bay. Yeah. And we went through when she was working on her routine compared to in competition when she had it down 100%. And it was just the slightest detail from a foot being out of place or something like that. Like how, I don't even know the word to say it, but how methodical she was with her approach to her game is ridiculous. Yeah, with those little details. Like now that I think about it, you just said like a foot out of place could make the biggest difference. Yeah, because think about it in tennis, if she's off to the right one foot or she's this, this, and that. It's a game of inches. Her serve could be in or out like that. Right. And it's really the same with basketball. You know, people try to say, line up with the nail. Well, if your routine has you lining up with the nail, and now you're one foot off, your right foot's one off to the right, yep. and you release in a certain point where you're used to releasing to, you know, hopefully your your mind and body would take over because you're obviously right. it's a skilled practice. But it, it it's a big deal. So like med- honing down that routine, doing the same thing every single time and shooting that shot. Cause it's a different skill than shooting a three point, three pointer, a two point jump shot, a layup. It's a complete different skill. Yeah. So if you're not working on that and doing the same thing every time, just like you would do with your jump shot, mm-hmm. Yeah. majority it, of the time you're not getting better it goes as far as like your your breathing mechanics and all that stuff too right like yeah you have to slow down your breath like your adrenaline right in a full speed in a full fast-paced game you're running for a layup full speed and you get fouled now your heart's pumping and then now you got to calm it down at the free throw line right like it's not just how many dribbles you take or whatever it is like it's your foot alignment the, the your actual routine it's slowing down your breath like mm-hmm. it's all those things at once for that one free throw but that one free throw may win you or lose you the game yeah right? I mean, we're just going briefly over it right now, but we'll get into details in another podcast, like I said, because this deserves its own section in terms of how yeah. you operate. How what What's the best routine you can do? And every person is going to be different. Let's, let's understand that right now. But if you can understand and start to realize and feel this like actual physical feeling yeah. in the games, then our next podcast will help you that much more. Yep. And before we leave, one more one more quick uh, study or interview was I was listening to Steph Curry's interview mm-hmm. about why or his free throw routine and why he only takes that one dribble. So literally, you'll see him he shoots takes one dribble, shoots it right away, and um, he says it's to minimize distraction. So the less you know you're doing as your routine, it's it's less to worry about in terms of oh fans screaming and all eyes on you. It's like you step up to the line, you take that dribble get your ass to the rim and shoot it. And so now he's not worrying about all the outside noise. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be the guy that does the triple through the legs. Wrap around behind the back three times. Yeah. Accidentally dribble off your foot. (laughs) Now the ref has to go get the ball. I mean, you don't want to be that guy anyways, right? So I always like to keep it simple. Mine's one dribble, spin, knock it down. Um, But the details come with, okay, well, am I taking a breath before I do my spin? Or this, this, and that. And where am I where's my gaze or my shooter vision focused 
while I'm doing all this? Is it down on the ground or is it up at the rim? And those details get lost a lot. So look out for our next podcast. I mean, it's going to be filled with stuff. I mean, we're going to try to keep it within 20 minutes, but if not, you can guarantee we got a part two because this is really important for all of our athletes, not just our basketball listeners. Hooper's Hustle, deliberate practice coming soon.